This is Dr. Holly Lucille's Mindful Medicine. Here's Dr. Holly Lucille. Hello, folks. Thanks so much for joining us in Mindful Medicine, hoping to just open up your mind a little bit. And today's episode, I mean, I always say this, I'm excited about all of my episodes, and I think that uh, Radio MD and they do such a great uh, job at getting incredible guests. But we're going to be talking about tools for you for nonviolent and compassionate communication in the workplace. I think this is such an incredibly uh, important and riveting topic because where do we spend a whole heck of a lot of our time alive? Uh, it's in the workplace and. I know that there's that old saying where, you know, if you have a bad day at work or you've got a problem with somebody at work or your boss and then you come home and you kick the dog and then yell at your wife, it's sort of that trickle down effect, but we can certainly turn that around. Um, So we are going to be joined by uh, Medium, a channeled healer and spiritual activist, Darshana Patel, on her quest to cultivate and expand the collective consciousness. Um, we are definitely going to be talking about what nonviolent communication is. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about Darshana. She's a spiritual activist. Like I said, she's a channeled healer and the host of the Enlightened Up on the Lighter Side Network. By accessing information in subtle energy and language, Darshana inspires expanded levels of consciousness, compassion, and connection. She possesses a master's degree in conflict and advanced certification in organizational change and personal transformation. Darshana, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on, Dr. Holly. This is great. This is such a great topic. So let's just jump in and get started. Can you, for our listeners, just sort of explain what nonviolent communication is? Sure. So it's a paradigm, it's a consciousness where we're orienting to the idea that we're all interdependent with one another. And so I have, let me back up and just explain, I have 20 years of corporate consulting in my background, so I wasn't always in the spiritual world, although it was a part of the work I was doing. And so the work of compassionate communication and nonviolent communication really spoke to me as I was working in organizations and recognizing the fact that we focus more on task and process versus the people. And with nonviolent or compassionate communication, what we're doing is acknowledging the orientation that everything is interdependent, that a system is not the sum of its parts, but it's the sum of its parts' interactions. And what's interacting is often the people. So that's the mindset that I bring. So I'm trained in nonviolent communication. I am not a certified trainer, so I will put that out there for the certified trainers out there that I have my own perspective and I weave it in to the day-to-day work that I do with my clients and with organizations. But it's an orientation. It's a different consciousness where we're connecting with what matters to each of us. It's the idea that every thought and action that we have, that we take, is in pursuit of filling some need, of satisfying some need. So it's a different perspective of moving about hmm. the world. It's a different level of consciousness. Yeah. Um, and I can imagine, I mean, I, I you know, certainly this uh, idea and this orientation, we've talked about it here on Mindful Medicine quite a bit um, with some of the incredible guests that I've had regarding interdependence and sort of that idea and philosophy and spirituality that we are all one. And when we start to really get that, 
it can help us change our orientation, change the way that we behave, change the way that we talk. But I have to tell you, um, in my experience, and even in my own personal experience, when there is such a culture right now, and you're hearing these things that are happening in the workplace that are um, oppressive, they're harassment, uh, and then, and you know, I, I feel like people have a difficult time from a human perspective getting to that because how can I identify and be interdependent with this person that I'm having such a hard time with? Yes, and that's the gist of what's at the heart of nonviolent communication because it helps us expose where the current structure, the systems, and the processes are limiting our authentic expression. So then it challenges us to really connect with our feelings. What emotions are beginning to surface and where is there discord between our authentic expression and our exterior reality, pardon me, our exterior reality, right? So in the workplace, let's say that there's a conflict and you're not sure how to even escalate it or how to address it because of the power structures in place. So what you're pointing to Dr. Holly is the limitations of our current paradigm where we are in a hierarchical, very power-centric, um, egoic-centric, if you will, paradigm where we're often in the workplace in a defensive or automatically apologetic mode. And on top of that, we're in a performance-based acceptance paradigm where our sense of self-worth is being measured by someone else. You know, mm-hmm. our contribution is being valued and measured by external conditions. And so we're reinforcing this egoic structure that our value is defined by something outside of us. And then mm-hmm. the third component that I see in the context of organizations is we're often not using conflict constructively. So we are in the midst of really unearthing the limitations of our current structures within organizations to begin connecting with what matters most to us as individuals and recognizing that for us to meet our needs, we have to work and collaborate in new ways to get our collective needs met. So this is like a new level of corporate wellness, you know, quite honestly, I think, you know, you could go into so many different um, uh, organizations and deliver this message and have people start orienting easy for me to say themselves differently when they communicate with their, their, their peers. I mean, this is definitely, you know, you think of corporate wellness, you think of, um, okay, people want to get their cholesterol in, you know, within normal limits or in a safe zone, or you want to decrease your body mass index or lose weight or what have you. But I think that this goes a long way for corporate wellness, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. And I do think this is an emerging movement because as people are slowing down, you know, mindfulness has been spreading. And thanks to your show, too, there's a new awareness to this notion that, whoa, there's something pulling us back to say, let's pause and understand how we know what we know, to really reflect on organizations as these learning adaptive organisms. And now I think we're just at a critical point to really begin looking at what's not working. Where have we been oriented and so focused on productivity and efficiency and quality and problem solving, which is very task and process oriented, serves a valuable purpose. Now, looking at the other component of people and the values of belonging, appreciation, compassion, 
acknowledging contribution, creating more trusting environments, giving people more purpose. Because at the end of the day, Dr. Holly, why this matters to me is that innovation and creativity flourish when we're collaborating and when we're not in survival and fear mode. And Mm -hmm. that's the power structure. As we begin to shift that, innovation is a natural emerging force. When we tap in to the people and what is waiting to be expressed and manifested from within. All right. So this is fascinating. Listen, I want to get right back to this. I want to get very specific about how you actually get started in this process and how you work with people and organizations. And I also have a little situation of my own that I might just bring up to you. But we are going to hear from our sponsors real quickly. Our sponsors, Organifi. All right, folks, I want to take a quick break, and I just want to introduce you to a company I've stumbled on called Organifi. Listen, here's the deal. We know that to truly thrive in all areas of our life, our health is so important. I've learned this firsthand. It's what I believe. It's how I practice. And for many of us in these days, especially time is our most valuable asset. Things are going really quickly. We've got a lot going on and we've got a lot of people that are just grabbing convenience food. And sometimes that convenience food, pretty nutritionally valueless. But this is why I love Organifi Green Juice. It is an organic superfood green juice powder that you simply add to water to get your greens in anytime and guess what? Anywhere. It's so simple and it tastes great. And when you invest in your health in this way, you gain more time because you have more energy and focus to get through your day doing those things that you need to do. And the best thing about Organifi Green Juice is that once again, not only is it great for you, it actually tastes super good, like surprisingly good. And I want you to try it. All right. Try it for yourself. You can go to Organifi.com and that's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I and use the code mindful and you can get 20% off, all right? I want everybody to try it. Make that convenience food as nutritional as it can be. Grab and go, sure, we all live that lifestyle, but this way, you got the goods. All right, we're going back to the show. All right, so how do you get started? Where? How, how, how do people find you and where are you teaching this new orientation where I want to say of course where can people find you and we're going to give that information of course but give me examples of of how you work absolutely so I have a practice um you know I do Reiki and energy work and in that I'm often embedding the seeds of this compassionate communication because what I do is allow the other people that I work with to just empty their hearts, what matters to them. And see, when we create that space of empathy, what we allow to happen is someone to begin seeing themselves in a different level of consciousness. So let's step back. Within organizations, what I do, I'll come in and simply listen to the conflicts that exist. Where are people feeling like they can't fully express themselves? Or where is there an active situation? And then allowing individuals to speak now based on feelings. You see, feelings tell us what's not in alignment with our, our ability to satisfy our needs. So in the NVC or nonviolent communication model, there's really four aspects to it. Oh, oftentimes people will look at them as, as steps. I look at them as dimensions. So the first thing is looking at the, uh, from, from the aspect of what am I observing versus what am I evaluating? What are the key distinctions? is what's really happening here? What's the observation? Let's say, for example, well, that employee was late five times in the past month. 
Okay, that's an observation versus the judgment, the applied meaning or the evaluation that a manager might say, that employee is lazy. You see, so distinguishing observation, the measurable aspect, from the evaluation, our labeling, our categorizing, our meaning-making, mm-hmm. our judgments, our imposed beliefs, that's one distinction which can make a tremendous impact on the health and vitality of our teams when we stop and pause and own our applied evaluation. So often that's what I'm helping teams do is step back and let's, let's peel back the narrative here and look at what the truth of the objective situation is and then understand why we applied those beliefs and assumptions to begin with because that's where the learning that's- organization Again. Yeah, that's, you know, and, and the mindful listeners out there will, will resonate with this because I've, I've said it many, many times. And it's something I do truly try to live by most days very successfully. <laughs> Some days not so much, <laughs> but I've always, I've had this, I've had this saying called, um, or not called, I have the uh, get, you know, it's important with a lot of situations and even with yourself uh, to get curious before critical. So, you know, like, huh. I wonder what's going on with this person uh, that they're late all the time. Or, huh, I wonder why I just sabotaged my incredible eating plan um, that I had, you know, rolling along just fine for three days. And I, you know, accidentally stumbled on an entire pan of brownies. (laughs) It's like, you know, you get curious before you go in with the the judgment and the, the criticalness, because I think, as you said, that's where you get to learn. Exactly. And what you're alluding to, Dr. Holly, is the essence of empathy. That's guessing what someone might be feeling or needing and reperceiving their world in a new way. So you start to inquire, I'm wondering, I'm wondering why you're late. I'm wondering what's going on in your life where, you know, I've seen you coming in 30 minutes behind, you know, for consistently over the past month. What's going on for you? I imagine that Da-da-da-da-da. So now we're engaging versus applying our assumptions and beliefs. Yeah, that's incredible. All right, so here, here it is. I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna tell you um, a situation that I'm in, okay? Sure. Um, and it's one of those things where, so part, what I do part time and kind of as a hobby, um, and just because I love it and it's my community, is I am a part time, very part time, uh, fitness and CrossFit coach, and so. The gym that I work at, I work at, at several, um, I have an issue with this guy, or I actually am perceiving that he has an issue with me, like that I he just does not like me. And I've had a couple, let's call them observations, <laughs> you know, exchanges with him where I, you know, all I want to do is go home and just like, oh my gosh, what a dick is, is basically how I start to internalize it. And, you know, I actually had to call a coworker. And I'm like, I need to talk this through because something is going on and I don't know what to do. But um, I think that you're going to be able to help me quite a bit because I all I want to do is project on him um, that he's moody and unhappy and has some sort of beef with me and that he's just a miserable person because I'm not exactly sure, you know, what's going on. But I do know that I have feelings and I get nervous around him. And I'm, you know, it's like my safe environment. It's where I go to, you know, just that's my community. And so I've had this going on for about three months or so. And I know that soon I'm going to have to approach him. And I'm wigged out about it. Wow. Okay. So that's a lovely situation as an example. And I'm, <laughs> I'm sad to hear that you're confronting that because I hear that nervousness, that uneasiness. 
So what I just did, I'm beginning to reflect back some of the things that I was hearing. You mentioned the word feeling nervous. So, you know, Dr. Holly, I really hear that you're feeling, you know, some nervousness, some anxiousness, feeling a little maybe distressed or distraught around the tension that you feel with this with this coworker. Is that right? Absolutely. It's a place that I'm usually just kind of looking forward to going in. And, you know, like I said, I don't have to be there. I don't need to be there. It's not like this. I'm dependent. It's just, it's, this is a choice I make. And I, I think, boy, you know, this isn't a way that I want to, you know, spend my hobby time, right? My, my sort of spare time at all. So yeah, it's been really kind of bumming me out. Yeah, absolutely. And I imagine that Gosh, that's a disruption to your sense of community and cooperation, that sense of maybe feeling some stability in that environment and the fun and the ease fun. and the yeah. harmony, the, right? Yeah, fun and fitness and, you know, the cheerleading part of it. Yeah, it's, that's why I go there. Yeah. Is there anything else you're feeling around it or any other you know, these needs? What matters to you? What are the qualities of that environment where you feel like, those needs are being possibly disrupted by his presence or this dynamic between the two of you. You know, I think as you're just talking, and if I think about it beyond me just getting wanting to not like him in a, in a response to what I'm feeling, is I feel like I kind of, you know, get along with everybody and um, have a good sense of sort of appropriateness of, of my uh, environment and you know, always ask like, hey, how are people, you know, how are people or when I'm leaving, um, saying goodbye or have a good weekend or, or I'm curious about like, you know, do you have any plans this weekend? And um, I feel so shut off by him and I feel so um, like, like he doesn't like me. So I think there's also that like, I feel not liked. And I think that is an issue for me. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a a challenging thing to feel when you have that sense of harmony and balance and camaraderie with your colleagues. So what, from a, a an action standpoint, Dr. Holly, have you engaged this particular colleague at all? Have you asked what, um, have you shared what your observations or concerns are? Not yet. That is my next step. So I, I'm thinking yeah. that this is so timely, but yeah, that's really, I mean, because I know that it's better that I don't create an even worse situation um, because I've tried several things. Like I've tried to, okay, I'll just ignore him. Um, okay. You know, less is more, just less contact. You know, I've tried all of these situations. I feel like <laughs> I remember this kid I used to babysit and he was um, really difficult behaved child. And each day, cause it was a summer job, I'd try this new technique, right? Like <laughs> one way or another way, just how can I make this work? And I feel like that's what I've been doing. And nothing has been successful because I still am finding myself in this dynamic uh, that I go home, you know, from a two hour evening that I've just subbed for somebody because that's what I do. It's like people need to take off or if they've got plans, like I'm the super sub. I just come in and I take their classes and that's where I feel like I contribute. So it is it is this really fun, lovely thing that I get to do. But when I come home and then I'm just you know, bickering about it for the next day, I'm like, oh boy, something has, this has to stop. So I do need to bring this up uh, to clear it up. Um, and and I think that's creating a little bit of anxiety as well. Absolutely, it does. Because, you know, in conflict, it, it stirs up so much emotion. And then we're looking at 
what you were pointing to were a lot of different strategies that you've tried to meet that need for harmony and balance and fun and ease in the workplace, acceptance, you know, feeling like, you know, you're getting along with everyone. So that's another distinction of the four is the spectrum of looking at needs versus strategies to fill those needs. So stepping back and saying, what need is not being met? And then as you consider engaging him, talking about your observations, hey, I noticed when you come in, boy, I, you know, I feel a little uneasy to be frank with you. And I'm not sure what that is. I'm sure it's something within me, but man, I'd really like to talk to you about that because, gosh, you know, you seem like a really awesome contributor to the team and I don't know what, right. what this energy is. And so, you be, you know, as you're I, doing, you're owning your stuff and recognizing you often project and make meaning until we engage in dialogue. Isn't that important, though? That is, that's such an important uh, essence of when you go and actually engage and communicate with people. Because, you know, I do recognize the sort of the healthiness of maybe a safe space base like at home or with your spouse or somebody that you trust where you can vent a little bit but when you go and engage so important to you know I think it's that psychology 101 almost or listening 101 uh, you know use I statements and truly own your experience and own your feelings and instead of youing like you know you make me do this or you make me uncomfortable or you are you know this that or the other thing uh, because i think that creates that space too for the real story to unravel and the real story to unveil itself exactly so in compassionate communication we're owning what we're feeling and our applied meaning so separating again that observation from our evaluation. As we're tapping into our feelings, we're then decoupling the thoughts about the situation and even the feelings. So that's another spectrum is this feelings to thoughts. You know, when we own the I statements, we speak from our ownership of what we're perceiving, what we're making meaning of. So it doesn't create a defensiveness on the other side. And then we're connecting with the shared needs. You see, we have hundreds of human needs that are all shared. So as we were talking about in the workplace, appreciation, belonging, cooperation, that sense of connection and community, having empathy and inclusion, you know, giving our work meaning. So the challenge with balance with clarity and competence and purpose, participation, feeling like we matter, having a trusting environment. There's so many needs in an organization. And so when we begin looking at how we fill those needs are the strategies. So, you know, as you're speaking, you can come from a place of owning your feelings, owning your meaning making, sharing those when it makes sense, talking about the needs that you see prevalent in that workplace, because that's the common connection. The common thread is the humanness of our shared needs. And then making a request hey, how about we have lunch together? I'd really like to get to know you because right. that disarms. Yeah, right? because so. that, yeah. And you know what? I think it also, um, when you actually get to know somebody instead of just rely on your own projections, because I think it was, I think it was reading in Pema Chodron some, uh, uh, somewhere where it was mentioned, and it might've been her teacher that said there, we have more projections than there are 
dust mites in a sunbeam. You know, if you think of a sunbeam coming through the window and, and seeing those millions of little dust particles everywhere. And it's really, it's true. All we have is our own experience. And we do end up just projecting on people our thoughts and feelings without even getting to know them. And I think when you, you, you know, you, you mentioned it disarms um, and it also creates more valid information, I think, where it's like, oh, um, it's the, it's more true uh, data from this person instead of what you're making up based on your own experience. You know what I'm saying? Exactly, exactly. So it becomes an expansion of consciousness, which is awareness. So when we become aware of the beliefs in our projected meaning-making, we're becoming more conscious of our own mind map, right? Our own worldview and perspective in a situation. So as we engage in dialogue, we're opening our hearts to say, I extend my perspective to now include yours. I don't have to take it on. I don't have to agree with it. But I'm allowing a new energetic resonance, a harmony that can be reached between you and me. So it's a heart-centered way of interacting. It's a consciousness. It's a way of being. It's you know, what we call holding space for connection. Yeah. Wow. All right. So uh, my last question here, how can people use nonviolent and compassionate communication in the daily workplace interactions? Absolutely. So the first thing is separating, as we've been talking about, observation from applied meaning, you know, which is a evaluation or judgment, which is a function of our beliefs, our conditioned ways ways of thinking. So that's the first thing. You know, employee, wa- uh, co-worker walks by, doesn't say hi to you that morning. Often we make that mean something like, ah, oh, you know, she's still upset about, you know, yesterday's meeting and how I didn't accept her idea. No, maybe she really didn't see you or maybe she had something else going on and just walked past. So owning those applied meaning making, first of all. Second thing, is noticing when there's an us versus them or a me versus you in the workplace. I see this all the time with inter, um, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, inner function, you know, uh, dependence, like let's say sales versus marketing versus engineering. Mm-hmm. All these mm-hmm. different departments have their own agendas, even their own cultures, <laughs> and then the handoffs between them are not very seamless. So where are we separating ourselves, where is there a lack of interconnectedness, the us versus them, you know, or even on a team, where is it the us versus them? Because there's an opportunity to engage differently, which will help address the morale and the resentments that we often carry at work or the defensive postures that we take that block the flow and ease of communication and information that is meant to flow through a vibrant organization. So us versus them. The other thing that's a very simple aspect of this awareness is listening for the commitment behind a complaint. We hear complaints all the time in the workplace, right? You know, um, sales can never meet their numbers, you know, all these complaints. However, when we step back, we can look at what are we committed to? We're committed to productivity. We're committed to growth and success. Because when we connect to the commitment, that's anchoring us in those common shared needs. And when we do that, it reframes that energy of complaint to an energy of what are we committed to. So you can feel that forward movement. That's where problem solving 
then takes on a whole different tone because we're opening the door for communication. So, Darshana, thank you so much for being on the show. I think that people need to listen to this podcast over and over again, making sure that every day uh, they do separate those observations from the evaluation and people could be, this is a shift so much happier at workplace be so much more productive and fun, but this is definitely a shift. It's a subtle shift, but boy, when you get there and hopefully because of habit, you stay there. Um, lots of beautiful things can happen. So thank you so much for the work that you do. You Darshana, people can find more about you at www.unscriptedway.com. And of course the lighter, uh, side network. I love that network. It's uh, the lightersidenetwork.com. Great programming there, including uh, your show, Enlighten Up. All right. Thanks so much for listening, folks, and Mindful Medicine. And until next time. <laughs>